Good evening. Don't want to depress you with a video like that. One of my favorite passages in the scripture is uh, when uh, a rich man who has heard a Jesus speak turns away and doesn't respond to the good news that Jesus wants to offer him. And the disciples are aghast and they, and they look at Jesus and they say, you know, if it's so hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven, if you yourself, Jesus, say it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of heaven, what hope is there? Does anybody know what Jesus responds? With God, all things are possible. And that's just as true today for the riches of Western Europe. Um, And perhaps the riches of the people that are near you in your life. You think they don't need Jesus. They've got everything else. But they don't have Jesus. They don't have anything. Without Jesus, they are lost. They're lost and blind in darkness. And they're missing the love and the hope that God so desperately wants to give them freely by grace. I'd like to um, start actually by uh, a prayer, and a prayer that I'd actually like for you to pray, pray with me, and, and that's a very simple prayer, and the prayer is, Spirit of God, speak to me tonight. Would you join me in that prayer? Spirit of God, speak to me tonight. I, I don't desire that this would just be another Friday night for you, but that this would be a night indeed when, when God himself would meet with you and has a special message for you, and I believe that that is the case. I want to start off with a question, and it's a very simple question. And the question is, do you love Jesus? Do you love Jesus? I don't know why you came here tonight. I don't know why you why you're, uh, walked in the doors of this church, uh, why you chose to give these hours this evening, but I, I do am I'm very interested in the answer to that question. Do you love Jesus? I think, in fact, that that's the most important question that anyone could ever ask you, and it's the most important question for you to have an answer to in your life. Do you love Jesus? You may have noticed that I repeated that question three times, and maybe that reminds you of uh, an episode in the life of Christ and one of his followers named Peter. Open your Bibles with me to John, and we'd like to look at John 21 together and see this amazing story about a conversation that took place between Peter and Jesus. Many of you, perhaps all of you, know that when Jesus, shortly before he was crucified, he was actually abandoned by all of his disciples, all of his followers. They turned and they fled uh, from the fear of the the Romans. They feared that their fate would be the same as Jesus as he was taken captivity and killed. And in the process of uh, the trials that were going on for Jesus, um, Peter was... uh, identified with Jesus. And three times he denied that he was identified with Jesus. Three times he denied his Lord. And uh, he failed. And one of the great things about this story is how it, uh, it shows that those of us who fail Christ can be restored. Having failed Jesus three times, Jesus 
restores him and reassures him three times, even though you failed me, Peter, I will never fail you. Even though you failed me, Peter, you have not become useless. I still love you and I still have a plan for you. Look with me in John chapter 21, verse 15, and I'd like to read. And what we're going to see there is that in order to be used by God, by Jesus, Peter had to have just one thing, a love for Jesus. Look at verse 15. When they had finished breakfast, this moment, this is after the resurrection, and um, they're meeting with Jesus in one of his resurrection appearances, and they ate breakfast together. And when they had finished breakfast, verse 15, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. He said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. A wonderful story of restoration. Three times, do you love me? And three times the answer, I love you. You know that I love you. Those I don't want to concentrate on right now. What I want to concentrate on is how Jesus followed that response of yes. When Peter said yes, Jesus said to him the same thing three times. Tend my sheep. Tend my sheep. When Jesus knew that Peter loved him, when Peter affirmed his love for him, Jesus had one message for him. If you love me, if this love is real, then you need to know something. I have this deep, deep passion. There's something that I really care about more than anything else. And anyone who loves me needs to care about that too. And what I care about is my sheep. And I'm leaving. I'm going to be here with you at this post-resurrection time for just a, a few days. And then I'm going to be with the Father. And I'm leaving you behind. And I'm entrusting you with that which is more important to me than anything else. And that's my sheep. And Peter, if you love me, and brothers and sisters, I think for us, if you love Jesus, then these words need to come alive for you. You need to understand what it is that Jesus means when he says, tend my sheep. So what do these words mean? Well, let's look at the life of Peter and see what he learned about what it means and how he brought this into practice. Now, the first thing that we need to understand is that while we may tend to think, well, tending my sheep, that sort of means, well, like you got to be a pastor of a local congregation, right? I mean, that's feeding the flock, tending the sheep. That's what that's all about. But I, I believe that Jesus is actually referring to something different. Flip back with me to John 10, John chapter 10, where Jesus talks about his sheep. John chapter 10, Jesus identifies himself as the true and good shepherd. And look at verse 14. John chapter 10, verse 14, Jesus says, I am 
the good shepherd. And I know my sheep and am known by my own. As the Father knows me, even so I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And here in verse 16 he says, And other sheep I have which are not of this fold. Them also I must bring, and they will hear my voice, and there will be one flock and one shepherd. Jesus says, I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also. There were others that hadn't yet heard the good news that needed to come in. And that's exactly what we see in the response of Peter when he tends, when he puts into practice tending the sheep. When he brings into practice tending the sheep. He sees that Jesus is the good shepherd. He sees that his sheep matter to him more than anything else. Jesus is even willing to lay down his life for them. But here he says, there are other sheep. There's other sheep out there that haven't heard. And indeed, we see Peter then begin to go beyond borders. To go beyond borders to tend these sheep. And we're going to look in the book of Acts at just three episodes very quickly where we see how Peter tends the sheep. And that'll be an instruction for us, for you and for me, how we can, who love Jesus, how we can also tend those sheep. The three borders that we're going to see is first is the, is the, uh, the border going beyond fear and going beyond our own personal comfort. I call this the, the, the border of danger, going beyond that border into danger. Secondly, beyond borders to new places and new challenges. I call that the border of distance, the border of danger, the border of distance. And the third one, beyond borders to those who are different. In this case, race and hatred were the issue. So the border of difference. The border of danger, the border of distance, and the border of difference. Flip over in your Bibles to Acts chapter 5. We're going to go through three, chronologically, through three different stories that take place as Peter begins to put into practice Jesus' command to tend his sheep because he loves Jesus. And so... In Acts chapter 5, we see um, that in order to fulfill Jesus' great commission, Peter had to carry on this task of teaching and telling the gospel. And so, what does he do? He goes right downtown Jerusalem. He goes right down to the temple, right to the heartbeat of the nation. And there he proclaims the gospel of Jesus Christ. There's only one thing that wasn't a very popular thing to be doing at that time. The Jews had just killed Jesus, who was the one who was bringing this message. But But Peter bravely went down and he bravely proclaimed the message there. He was putting his life on the line to do this. And what happened in chapter 5, verse 18? They arrested the apostles, the Jews did, and put them in the public prison. So the first thing that happens is he gets arrested and put in prison. Drop down to verse 33. When they heard this, they, the Jews, were enraged and wanted to kill them. They are literally putting their life on the line. And then in verse 40 and 41, and when they had called in the apostles, that is the Jews called in the apostles, they beat them and charged them not to speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. And then I love this verse, then they left the presence of the council rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer dishonor 
for the name. Peter didn't like being thrown in prison. He didn't like being beaten. He didn't like having his life threatened. But he did know that this was the way to express his love for Jesus. And he he was rejoicing. Oh, Lord, thank you that I finally get to prove my love for you in such a powerful and special way. And so the question that I have to ask us is, are you, are we, Am I willing to demonstrate our love for Jesus by risking danger, by risking our personal safety, by risking our comfort to tend the sheep, to tend the sheep that are so precious to Jesus? Are you willing to do that? Is your fear greater than your love? Is your comfort more important than Jesus' pain? and sacrifice. Let me ask again, do you love Jesus? You know, Jesus loves you, and Jesus was willing to risk the danger of coming to earth. He was willing to give his life, to suffer pain in our place, and give his life on the cross so that we could be united to God in friendship. Jesus was willing to cross that border, to take that pain upon himself. He loved you enough to die for you. Do you love him enough to die for him? This is is so often a theoretical question when we ask it here in America, but it is not a theoretical question in many parts of the world. I will never forget one of my students at Tyndale Theological Seminary who came from the Sudan. At that time, the civil war was raging in the Sudan. And when I met him, he said to me, I don't know if any one of my family is left. As far as I know, they have all been killed. And I have come to Tyndale to be equipped to go back to Sudan and tell the people there about Jesus because they so desperately need to know. I don't know how long I'll live, But as long as I live, I'm going to tell them about Jesus. Do you love Jesus? Go in your Bibles to Acts chapter 9. Acts chapter 9. And there we see the story is further unfolding. How Peter put into practice what it means to tend the precious sheep of Jesus. And Peter lived in Galilee. Uh, He was a fisherman. With Jesus, he had traveled all over Galilee. He had gone to Decapolis, Perea, Judea, Samaria with Jesus. But in Acts chapter 9 and Acts chapter 10, we find that he is someplace that he's never been before with Jesus. He goes first to the city of Lydda and then to the city of Joppa, which is a small port on the Mediterranean seacoast. And there he, he is ministering to the people. And look uh, in, verse, uh, in chapter 9, verses 31 and 32, where we read, Then the churches throughout all Judea, Galilee, and Samaria had peace and were edified. And walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, they were multiplied. Wow, that's great. Sounds like mission accomplished, right? But no, Peter remembers these words of Jesus. I have other sheep that are not of this flock. And he goes. He can't stay any longer. In verse 32, And now it came to pass, as Peter went through all parts of the country, that he came also down to the saints who dwelt in Lydda. He's going something completely, someplace completely new. What is he doing there? Well, in order to tend the sheep, 
He had to go. He had to cross a distance and go new places and face new challenges to bring the gospel. He had to leave his home. He had to leave his security, and he had to take risks to tend the sheep. He had to do new things and trust God to tend the sheep because he loved Jesus, and he knew how much these people matter to Jesus. Are there any Serbians here tonight? Serbian? Anybody from Serbia? No? Anybody with Serbian relatives? <laughs> okay. Then I, it's fair for me to say this. Um, <clears throat> Serbia is a challenging place to minister, and that's part of, uh, of our ministry with community Bible studies. Mahre uh, was charged with initiating the ministry of community Bible studies in this country. Uh, there were no uh, inductive Bible study materials in, in the Serbian language at all. Uh, there was nobody there who had started the ministry. It was uh, totally from scratch. Uh, and it's an amazing story uh, how Mahre was called to do this ministry that, that you should really ask her. Um, so uh, in this country, as well as in Denmark and Finland and in Sweden and in Norway, we're charged with just going. And it's, it's, it's a huge challenge because... There's, we don't know anybody when we go there. We don't speak these languages when we go there. We don't have any place to stay when we go there. We converted the back of our, of our Prius into a sort of mini camper, and we just, we just drove, and um, it, was, it was wild. And we also got to see some awesome things, the Lord opening doors and, and people responding, and, and now we're seeing these ministries get off the ground. And for the first time, these people are, are able to study the Word of God for their own, on their own in their kitchen table as they're guided through these materials. And it's one of the most exciting things that, that we've seen in our ministry, but incredibly challenging. It would have been so much easier just to stay in our little nice comfort zone and, and not have to leave Holland and, and just work with the people that we knew and, and tend that local flock that we're building up in our church planting ministry. But we know that Jesus has these people, these sheep that are not of this flock, and, and uh, we need to go to them. We need to risk the distance and risk the challenge and bring the message there. Is Jesus calling you? to cross that border of distance, of challenge, and to move, to change, change the way that you serve Jesus? If he's not calling you to move a distance, is he calling you to move the decimal point in the financial giving that you're doing for missions? Is he calling you to support someone in prayer who's willing to take this step and cross that distance so that someone else can go to tell people about Jesus? This is something we have to do together. We have to do this together. We need one another. Mahre and I are so thankful for this church. You are a very special church and a real and significant blessing to us. Every time we're able to be with you, it is so very special. Um, and we thank you for the partnership, and I know you take that seriously. But I'm here to challenge you, is there more that you can do? So I'm going to ask you again. Do you love Jesus? What is the answer to that in your heart? Do you love Jesus? Do you love Jesus enough to cross that distance, to take that challenge, to do something new and difficult because you know that it matters to the one that you love so much? Remember that Jesus also crossed a great distance. Jesus also took the great challenge of taking the cross upon himself. 
so that he could pay the price for our sin, so that he could bring us into friendship with the Father. He took on this challenge because he loves you. That's why he did it. So what are you going to do? What am I going to do as an expression of our love for him? He was willing to go the distance. Shouldn't we be willing to go the distance? Well, let's go to Acts chapter 13. And we'll look at one more short story, one more vignette out of the life of Peter. Shortly after, actually, uh, Joppa, Peter is called uh, through a dream and a vision which directs him to go to the house of a Roman centurion. Now, this is big news because Jews, Peter was a Jew, of course, Jews hated the Romans. The Romans were the occupiers. They were the occupying force who were holding the Jews under their thumb. Jews hated Roman soldiers, and this was a centurion. He was a soldier. And the soldiers were actually the iron fist of this occupying force. So they had reason to have very hateful feelings toward the Romans and the Roman soldiers. And further, Jews, of course, had nothing to do with Gentiles, with people who were not Jews. Um, they didn't want to go into the, to associate with them and certainly not go into their house. And yet here's Peter being called to go into the house of this hated Roman soldier, centurion, Gentile. Peter has to go beyond all of these borders to bring the good news of Jesus to this man. Cross the borders of difference. You know, it's, it, it is a challenge. It's a challenge to love people in Jesus' name who are different from us. It's a challenge to, to be humble enough to hear their stories or to, to try to listen to them perhaps in a language that they don't speak well or to, to smell the foods that are different from the ones that, that are familiar to you or to be patient with the hours that they keep or how they take care of their house or uh, all kinds of different things. And yet, if we love Jesus, this is one very real and concrete way that we can express that love by expressing love for these people. God has brought us into contact with uh, a family from Azerbaijan. Uh, I think before I, I met this family, I couldn't even have told you where Azerbaijan was on a map. Um, and if you want to know, it's, it's all the way on the eastern end of, of Turkey, basically. Uh, I hope that's helpful to you. Um, <clears throat> and this family is a, is a Muslim family. Uh, they, they fled to Holland as refugees. Uh, the father was making documentary films against the dictator there. The dictator didn't appreciate that. He was thrown in jail. He was beaten with a, a bat. Um, he's now schizophrenic as a result. And in desperation, uh, they fled to Holland where they knew no one. And uh, one day we got a call, and they, we were told this family's moving into town. Would you reach out to them? So um, you don't have to tell my wife, Mokhrei, something like that twice. I think probably before she hung up the phone, she was already out the door buying them flowers and running over to their address and saying, welcome to our town. What can we do for you? How can, how can we serve you and help you? And so we've had all kinds of adventures with this family, and it's been weird. I'll be honest with you. It's, it's, there's you know, one time we're, we're standing there, we were sharing a meal, and here's the woman, the wife. She's standing at the, 
at the kitchen sink. She's washing the hamburger because she didn't want to, she wanted to make sure there's no blood, so she's washing all the hamburger. And then she brings her, her really strange foods over, and some of them are delicious, and some of them, well, some of them are delicious. And um, it's, it's a challenge, but we do it not because it's comfortable, not because it's easy, but because we know Jesus loves those four people from Azerbaijan. And we want the love of Jesus to be clear to them with our hands and with our feet and with our mouths. And so we've crossed the border of difference in order to reach out to them. So do you love Jesus? Do you love him enough to cross this border of difference? You know, Jesus, Jesus came to be with us, and we are really different than Jesus. We are really different than Jesus. And yet he was willing to take on our flesh and to endure the weakness of a human body, the finiteness of a human body so that he could make the love of the Father clear. And we were so different that the Bible actually says in Romans chapter 5 that we were enemies, enemies. And yet Jesus crossed that border of difference to come and show us the love of God. That's the challenge for you and for me. Shouldn't we be willing to do the same as a result of our love for him? So I have a question for you. Do you love Jesus? You've heard what Jesus has done for you. You've heard how he crossed the border of of danger and laid down his life for you. You've heard how Jesus crossed the border of distance and came down from heaven to earth in order to walk this earth and bring the good news of salvation and then give his life so that all of us who fall short of God's perfect and holy standard can be forgiven for all that we've done wrong and enter into a friendship with God. You've heard how Jesus crossed this border of difference and he, and he took on human flesh so that with his flesh he could pay the price for our sins. This is what Jesus has done for you. Have you received that love? Have you put your faith in Jesus Christ? That's the most important question that can be asked. Do you love Jesus? Do you respond to his love for you by loving him back and saying, oh, oh Jesus, I thank you that you, as God's son, have come to save me. I believe that your death on the cross pays for my sins. I believe that you rose again and you have forever united me in a friendship with God. If you've never done that, I urge you as strongly as possible, do that tonight. That's the right way to answer the question, do you love Jesus? Yes, I love and believe in Jesus. But for those of you who've made that decision before, and you're here differently, maybe you're more like Peter, I challenge you to rise to this challenge that Jesus is giving us with this question, do you love me? Okay? What does that love look like? And are you willing to express that love by tending his sheep, by crossing the border, going beyond the border of danger, beyond the border of distance, beyond the border of difference to find 
the sheep that Jesus loves so much. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, it is a really good thing that Jesus loves his sheep because that's the only reason that we're loved. And we are so thankful for Jesus' love for us, that Jesus laid down his life for us. And we praise you and your Son for this marvelous salvation that we have. It is our greatest joy. And then as we think about this question, do we love this Jesus, our Savior? On the one hand, the answer comes so quickly to our lips. Yes, oh yes, we love Jesus, and we, and we sing about it. Oh, how I love Jesus, because he first loved me. But when Jesus got that answer, he came with a command. Tend my sheep. And Lord, like Peter, we want to respond faithfully. And I pray, Father, that you would lead us and guide us beyond those borders, beyond the border of danger, of distance, and of difference, so that the sheep that are not of this fold that have yet to hear will hear and know and love and follow Jesus to the glory of your name. Amen. Bridge, I hope that that question is ringing in every one of our hearts. Amen. Do I love Jesus? Peter Macare, thank you for loving Jesus because we see that in your life, in your ministry.